I'm Mateo Rusilis, trends and breaking news reporter here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and you're listening to the Reporters on the Record podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at stories we produce here. Do you remember the first time you walked into a bookstore? Or what about the first book you ever read? Do you remember being transported to another world where you fought a dragon to save your kingdom? Or liberate the world from an alien occupation? We are exploring the topic of bookstores, but not just any bookstores, locally owned bookstores, here with my colleague, Elena Agins, the business reporter here at the AJ. Can you tell me what made you write, want to write this story? Well, I am, of course, the daughter of an English teacher and a coach. We moved around a whole lot, and so bookstores have just always been something that's really close to my heart, especially libraries. It's kind of like where I grew up. So knowing that it was going to be National Independent Bookstore Day, I wanted to shine a light on some of our stores, and we actually have four of them mm-hmm. in town. And I, Like you said, you we have four in town. Um I really want to focus on the oldest ones and the newest ones. So which one of the four is the newest one? The newest one is actually Wild Lark Books, which is, of course, a bookstore that focuses on new books. And it also publishes books as well. Interesting. So when did this start? And can you tell me about like where the name comes from? Yeah, it started in December 2021, but it was actually a kind of lifelong project that the owner, Brienne, wanted to do. And the name comes from a former business that she had started, which was marketing and consulting, which was Wild Lark. And she kind of paired this with how she said it, a wildflower grows in unexpected places. And then she wanted to combine it with flying into new horizons. So that's where Wild Lark comes from. And so what kind of genres can you find in this bookstore? They have a pretty expansive genres. They have the young adult children's books. They actually have some pretty popular titles in there. When we were in there, I saw the Percy Jackson series, which is one of my favorites, along with the Warrior Cat books. They also have a mix of fiction, nonfiction, just kind of spanning all different types. Perfect. And then can you kind of describe the atmosphere of the visits? I saw some of the photos that our photographer, Annie Rice, took, and it just looks really incredible. Yes. It is just that classic feeling of walking into a bookstore. It has those dark, natural tones that just kind of put you at ease. And then there's actually a back room that has all these comfortable couches and paler colors, a little tea and coffee station. And you can just sit there and relax. And I think that's one of the most important things that you want in a bookstore is you want someone to come in and feel at home, be able to browse those books. Uh, There's just something that's relaxing about that. I guess the biggest question is, are there any like little store pets that you might be able to find in the store? Not in this one, but one of the other ones that's in there in the story is Second Chance Books, Mm -hmm. and they actually have two store pets. They have Charlotte and Wilbur. I'm sure you can guess where that's from. (laughs) Yes. And they are just the two most adorable cats. There was a really funny quote that I got from the owner, Kelly Leatherwood, where she says, sometimes they do their jobs and sometimes they just want to go and take naps and do cat stuff. And as a cat owner, I know what she meant. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I guess, did the Wildlark owner, did she kind of talk about like what it was like running a bookstore? She mentioned a little bit of it. Um, a lot of it focused on the publishing aspect mm-hmm. and how this whole journey started because She's been a lifelong reader, and of course, that led her into writing. And she eventually wanted to be published. As someone who is a professional writer myself, I very much related to her journey. Mm -hmm. And 
she wanted to create a space where it gave more power to the authors, because every author they're putting a little bit of their soul into the book,、mm-hmm. and they should be allowed to have as much control as they need.、Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a commercial transaction. You're not just buying a book. You are buying. A bit of someone's soul,、um, and 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 a bit of a piece of who they are, and so if we can create those relationships of readers and books and readers and authors, I just I I love that idea. So I created West Texas deserves more opportunity to tell our stories and tell them authentically.、Um, that's a big cornerstone of it too, is telling authentic stories. But Our authors are all over the U.S.:、um, Alaska, Arkansas, Montana. They're kind of all over. Many of them have some sort of connection with Lubbock or Texas Tech. And then, of course, operating the store itself—it's been a pretty nice journey for her. They haven't had too much struggles with anything, and they have a decent selection. You can actually order new books through them instead of just、oh. going onto your. Regular online whatever site you use. Really, that's so cool. I love ordering books, especially、um, at local stores, because you can support them more locally, and a lot of the profits go back to the store owners, which is fantastic. Yes, and she said it takes about a week to get there,、mm-hmm. but you're getting that money back into the community. Perfect. And then I know you said they opened up around in 2021. That was kind of in the middle of the pandemic. Did it hurt them in any way, or did they have any struggles coming out of that? Well, what's really nice about their business is they have that publishing side and the store side. So、mm-hmm. the publishing side kind of makes up for the store side. They also do nonprofit workshops that they're kind of kicking back up now that we're kind of heading into、mm-hmm. the lighter versions. So it didn't really affect them too much, at least not according to my interview. Perfect. And then, kind of, what of the workshops do they offer? So they're actually working on, I believe they call it the Young Writers Project. Where they want to host these creative writing workshops for children, they currently have programs in place for high school and middle school, and they're hoping to get even younger. And what's even cooler about that is that it's funded through a nonprofit that they have, and that nonprofit also helps support their authors in the process of getting published and marketing and all of that. That's fantastic. I know. Like you said, you we all thought of being published at one time or another, writing a novel or something.、Um, so it's really fantastic that somewhere locally, if someone does have that idea or has that dream of being published, there's a local bookstore that can help them. So that's truly fantastic. I mean, I guess kind of trans- transitioning to our second topic.、Um, this next one is kind of hits close to home because I used to shop there as a child.、Um, so. I guess let's switch gears and let's talk about the oldest bookstore, or should I say, comic store in Lubbock. My first question is, why did you include comics in this story at all? Well, as someone who has two younger brothers, one of whom has ADHD and kind of has struggles with reading, graphic novels were always something that he could really latch onto,、mm-hmm. that he could read without it being a big struggle, and that's kind of how he got more into reading. And of course, being A former college student, I didn't have a whole lot of time for reading, but、mm. a comic book was just the perfect amount. And it's something that is so important to so many people. Comics are how so many people started reading, 
It was something that my dad relates to, what my brothers relate to. And there's something super important with them that they offer that different avenue. So I definitely want to make sure comic stores got included. Perfect. And so what is the name of this Otis comic book store in Lubbock? So this is actually Star Comics. But when mm -hmm. they initially opened in 1975, they were known as Star Books. Interesting. Okay, cool. So they kind of just transitioned back into more comics as the years went on. That's, I really didn't know that. And <laughs> I've been shopping there for a few years now. So. <laughs> um, so how big of a selection of comics do they have? Oh, they had such an amount. I couldn't even hazard a guess. Mm -hmm. But there's just boxes upon boxes. There's shelves full. It seems like they have a really great inventory. Perfect. And are they kind of like the newer comics or the older comics? Or do they have a good mix of all? I think they have a pretty good mix. They have more of the new ones. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to find your classic Marvel, DC, all of them. The Walking Dead was mentioned in the interview as well. And kind of what is your favorite comic book? Oh, my favorite. So I have several boxes from my dad that are the original Dungeons and Dragons comics. Really? They are very old. The pages mm -hmm. are kind of yellowed. But they are in these protective packagings, and they're really not allowed to leave the closet. These are just absolutely some of my favorite things that I have from my dad that are just really cool, really personal. Um, my name actually comes from my mom's Dungeons & Dragons character. Really? Yes. They started playing in college, and then, of course, I play myself. And so having this bit of my family history mm -hmm. just kind of hidden away and it relates to comics. It's just a really cool connection. Perfect. And kind of staying on that topic of what comic means to you, um, but how does it, what does it mean to the owner of the Star Comics? Like, what does comic books mean to him? So the owner, Robert Mora, he actually told me that comics taught him how to read. When he was really little, he saw Star Wars in theaters, and he got this giant book mm -hmm. of the Star Wars comics. And he would just sit there and look at all the pictures. And then that's how he started kind of learning how to read. It allowed him to watch his favorite movie as many times as he wanted. Free Comic Book Day is always a, a huge one for us. It's the first Saturday in May. Uh, we have started the concept post-COVID of doing a Free Comic Book Day month. We no longer just concentrate all of our projects, all of our all of the product into a single day. So we'll kind of put the bigger seller or the bigger interest items, your Marvel, your DC, uh, your more popular characters on the event day itself. But we also like to kind of share the idea with the people that shop with us regularly and also draw people back into the store. But with Free Comic Book Day Month, which we started just as a result of COVID, we realized, well, this is a really great way to bring people in on a Wednesday, which is traditionally known as the day the new comics hit the shelf, right? Come see what it's like when new comics hit the shelf, and we'll have a, a, a brand new selection of, of freebies for you to, to, to peruse or grab or, you know, help yourself to. With that, I forgot to mention, mm -hmm. Star Comics actually kind of turned to comics because of a former Avalanche Journal reporter. I was about to ask, is there any connections to AJ with any of these stores? Yes. So the former education reporter was a huge fan of Star Books at the time and of comic stores. He actually went to Mile High, I believe it's called, mm -hmm. which is in Denver. 
and it's one of the biggest comic stores still running, one of the oldest. It has so much history, and their warehouse is wild. Mm -hmm. And the reporter went there, saw this, came back, and approached the store and was and asked, if I buy the comics, will you put them in the store? And the owner at the time went, absolutely. And then Robert Mora kind of inherited the business from his uncle, who mm -hmm. was the original owner. And comics were a really big deal for both of them. Robert Moore actually described his uncle as a second father to him. So there's a really sweet story to be told there. And there's a sweet story to be told in each of these. Yeah. Um, I know comic books have been something part of me and my brother's life as well. Um, he always went for more, more of the superheroes and I always went for more of the Archie comics, <laughs> which I love to death. Um, but what is the biggest takeaway from the story for you? Oh, the biggest takeaway, there was just so many. Of course, we're looking at four different stores, two comic shops, two classic bookshops, and they're just so incredibly different from one another. Even with the comic book stores, we have Star Comics and we have Monster's Lair. Monster's Lair specializes in older comics, so we're talking like those really deep classics. There was a really cool part of the interview where the owner was telling us about how comics are cyclical. Mm -hmm. And so during the World Wars, comics actually kind of helped explain to children a little bit of why we were even fighting. And then moving forward, you have your superhero, you have your DC, Marvel, and kind of the rise of popularity in comics. Even, even the, beside DC and Marvel, a lot of shows are being remade that are based in comics. Mm -hmm. So you have like The Walking Dead, you have Sandman, which yes. just recently got out. And we're going to see more and more of those. Both comic store owners kind of described how they've seen this change happening and what it means to them as their stores. Then of course you have Kelly Leatherwood, who is the current owner of Second Chance Books, which I believe that opened in 2021, 2019. Mm -hmm. Not too long ago, and she had always wanted to own a bookstore. She was a employee at the time when the owner decided to pass the reins. Wow. And so she said, why wouldn't I want to buy it? Mm -hmm. And there we go. And then we have, of course, Wild Lark, lifetime dream of hers. So it's just really cool how each of these places, it had been something that they always wanted to do. Like you said, it was a lifelong dream for some of these people to own a bookstore. Um, it's always been something of mine that I've always wanted to do. So maybe after I'm done journalism, I'll be my own bookstore or something like that. Exactly. Let's let's go partner on yes. this. I I think my earliest memories of reading really is just the bedtime stories. You know, growing up, that was such a a great moment. Um, and then I just, I remember picking up the first in the Pony Pals, um, like middle grade chapter books. And there was something about, I was, I was taking writing lessons at the time because I, I lived in Pennsylvania, I grew up there. And so I was taking writing lessons and I read Pony Pals and just this thrill of connection between my experience and the potential experience of what these characters were going through. I just, I loved that. I, I love art. 
first of all, and I enjoy just the mixing of art and words and the type of people that it attracts. There seems to be a, a lot of overlap of, of like-minded people looking for just inter entertainment and fun. Um, it does mirror uh, uh, novels in a way, since we have off and on been a used bookstore for 40 plus years as well. But the comic book fan is is always a very uh, a special person, and I say that in in reverence because uh, we all speak the same language. What's the book that made you fall in love with reading? So, it's it's one of those questions that every reader gets、mm -hmm. that. Oh, what's your favorite book? And it's just so hard to answer. I actually had to do a little bit of research to remember some of the books I've read. But when I was in third grade, we lived in Kroll, which isn't too far from here.、Mm -hmm. You know, the Texas version of too far. It's still several hours.、Yes. <laughs> But there's this book series called The Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler Warner,、mm -hmm. and this series started in like the early 1900s. I remember picking up that book. Going to sit in my local library, which was just a couple blocks from our house at the time, and it was one of the very few places I was allowed to go walk by myself.、Mm -hmm. And I would just snuggle up in one of the couches and just read that all day. That was one of my favorites. And then going into kind of later on, of course, Hank the Cowdog, Nancy Drew, Percy Jackson, and the Warrior Cats. Of、uh, one of my current favorites, all-time favorites, really. Is the Atlanta the Lioness series by Tamora Pierce,、mm -hmm. and of course the main character has my name as well. So I mean that does that does play a little bit into it, but <laughs> it is such a great book for young women,、mm -hmm. especially in school, where you're going to learn about the things that maybe you don't get to really hear about. It's always been a series that's super personal to me. Yeah, and then you know currently I really enjoy Mercedes Lackey, Shelley Lawrenston. There's just so many great authors out there. And one of the things that's just so wonderful about a bookstore is going there in person, roaming the shelves, and finding authors that maybe you've never heard of or never thought you would enjoy.、Mm -hmm. So I guess, how would you recommend books to other people that are just kind of questioning on like I like reading but I don't love reading? So how do you get them to love reading? Well, when I was working in Hastings, which of course is gone now.、Mm -hmm. But when I was working in Hastings, I worked in the book section, and whenever I had a parent come up to me and they're saying, "Oh, my kid doesn't like reading, but I really need them to be able to read. I need them to enjoy it." I would always direct them to the graphic novel section, the、uh, comics, and all of that, and it just very much depends on kind of what you're into. If you're a sports fan, maybe you should be checking out these sports biographies,、mm -hmm. which they. Do range all ages. You just kind of have to find an interest, and I guarantee you, there's a book out there for it. Thank you for sharing the story, and of course, you can always read Atlanta stuff on our website at lubbockonline.com.、Um, do you have any final takeaways for these readers?、Uh, you just gotta check these places out. I guarantee you're gonna have a wonderful experience. And talk to those owners, talk to those authors. It's going to mean a lot to them for you to show up. The moment you walk through the door of an independent bookstore, everyone's on equal footing, right? There, it doesn't matter the burdens of the day that you bring in.、Um, it doesn't matter your 
viewpoints on the world. When you walk in, everybody in this place has some sort of commonality in the love of storytelling. There's something sacred and special about that. Books in independent bookstores are a place of, of refuge. And that was your behind the scenes look at one of the many stories the staff here at the AJ writes. A special thanks to Elena for being on this podcast. If you're interested in any behind the scenes look or an in-depth look at any of the stories that we write, feel free to reach out to me at m-r-o-s-i-l-e-s at gannett.com or on my social media. Who knows, your request might be on next week's podcast episode. The Reporters on the Record is a special weekly podcast episode from The Lead Podcast, produced by me. Until next week, stay curious and keep on reading.